Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night cheer. Starting a little tardy tonight, but an hour is an hour, Yitzhak. Really later. Um, we uh, offered, I'm not going to say we promised, but we offered that tonight will be a little more in the uh, face of spirit, shall we say. This Shabbos, uh, first of all, the Nishmas. The Shabbos Pashas Mitzayda, all by its lonesome. Last week we had Taziah going going solo. This week we have Mitzayda solo. But. <coughs> Last Shabbos was three Zifetera, Shabbos Eshchoidish, and Shabbos Achoidish, that was last Shabbos. This Shabbos, this Shabbos is Shabbos Mitzera, but also known as Shabbos HaGodl. And in Yetzir Hashem, we're going to discuss part on the Pasha, like we always do, because that's what Pasha is a Pasha Shir all about. And then we had Hashem will discuss a little bit Shabbos Hagodel and the Seder and Hagodel. Pashas Mitzeda, as we said before, is usually together with Tazria. And the base core of Tazria Mitzeda talk about the same. Halachas of Tzeras. Today's Chitas, though, teaches us a tremendously important lesson. Today's Chitas, we learn about the nega <coughs> in the wall of the house. The fellow sees it on the wall. Tells us that Rashi the fellow could have been a Talmud Chacham. We spoke about this last week. Could have been a Talmud Chacham. But he is not allowed to paskin. It's only the Kayin that can paskin. So he runs to the Kayin to bring him to the house. Before the Kayin goes into the house to look, he empties the house. He doesn't. He tells the person to. Entire house needs to be emptied. For every stitch of furniture, every dish, every plate, every everything. Food, everything has to be out. Then comes the Koyen, and the Koyen deems this nega, this sign on the wall, whether it's pure or not pure. And we discussed last week the Kayin is Chesed, how the Kayin looks with the right eye always, and the Kayin is the kind nature, and therefore, based on his nature, we want him to only give the Psak. Okay? Rashi asks, Rashi being the champion of the Mechamish, the Mikra, of the little boy learning Teda, asks a very intriguing question today says, why are they emptying the house? 
for the furniture, can be purified again. For the garments, can be purified. For the food, it can be eaten when the person is impure. Says Rashi, the reason for emptying the house is for the klecheres, the earthenware. The cheapest of cheap. Because this cannot be purified. If it becomes impure, it cannot be made pure. The klecheres. Rebbeine Shalalem. We're going through such great lengths to save this piece of earthenware. Which incidentally, if it ever becomes non-kosher, the only solution for that is breaking. Shvirasan zuhi takanasan. For this earthenware, Kaylee tells us the tater of the entire house should be emptied so that this should not be ruined, this should not become impure and therefore be thrown out. Not to waste even the earthenware keli. This is a very, very powerful lesson. Showing us chas, teda chas amemenesha Yisrael. Teda is very, very concerned about the Jewish people's money. We don't want to waste or to throw out any money. It's apropos for this time of the year. Although Purim, it's called Apeshit Yad Neistim the Purim we said that anyone that sticks out their hand for alms, we should give them. When it comes Pesach, one of the strongest mitzvahs that people try to abide by is Kimcha the Pischa. Kimcha the Pischa. The money for flour for Passover. And we said once the Shaila, the famous Shaila, that came to the table. Rabbi, can I drink the four cups instead of wine? Can I drink milk? And the Rabbi understood, of course, this poor fellow was so poverty stricken. He had a, a cow, perhaps, a, a goat. And that's where he got his milk, so that's what he was able to have secure. But he couldn't get wine. So he's asking this question. And the rabbi very sympathetically said, Rabid, kum, I'll give you wine. Drink wine to do the mitzvah of the Dalit cases properly. But, my son, I will give you chicken as well. And the fellow says, Rabbi, how do you know I don't have chicken? The rabbi smiles and says, because the first two cups you drink before the Suda, the last two cups are after the meal. If you had chicken in your meal, you would not ask me if you could drink milk. So come, my son, let me give you chicken as well. Kimcha de Pischa. A very, very, very important mitzvah. And it's this is really a mitzvah gift to the hurts because the fact is everybody is struggling. Everybody needs to come up with the, with 
the same expenses of Pesach. It's extremely trying and very, very, very difficult to match and to keep up with. And yet, we're asking you to help your brother, your neighbor. It's a very big thing. I know I do a distribution of food for my fellow workers. And it's not much, but it's approximately $1,000 a family. It helps. It helps get over the hump. Whereas they can spend only X amount when they're given this type, this staples, $1,000 worth, it helps. And this is But we want to give it to somebody, to someone that we really knows, really know, needs it, and that we really know is going to help them, and they're going to have something from it, and they'll benefit. And this is a very difficult thing. Because we can't go to ask, does this person, is this person legit, as they say in America? Does this person really need? Fact is, when the person needs, we hear the person needs, fact is, when the person comes and asks, we need to understand that it's probably true. The mere fact that the poor person is asking is already humiliating enough. There's many different organizations, Tehim Cheshavas, Chavasim Shabbos Yamtiv, many different organizations that distribute food. And I believe it was the, te- the story you helped with Tehim Cheshavas, where they came to a very rich man, and they asked him to help out, the sponsor. And the rich man said, how much does it cost you for a whole week? He said, for one family? He said, no, 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 your budget for the week. The budget for the week? It's uh, two, three, four hundred families. And they get, so he gave him the number. The rich man says, I will sponsor a week. But on one condition. It's okay. Give me the list of the recipients. I want to know who's getting it. The man sat back and said, wait a minute. That doesn't happen here. This is a private, private thing. These people are way beyond humiliated already. There's no way. I'm sponsoring a full week, he says. No, 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 no. I don't care. So you know what? You play a good game, you play a hardball. I'll sponsor a full month. Full month! But give me the names of the people that get. 
once again. That's it's not happening. I mean, it was tempting. How not be? A month budget. It's, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably. And for him not to have to raise it, have a full month, one shot. Wow. But no. It's not on. Guys, I'll give you three months. But give me the list. And he said, Abid, forget it. I see that's your only stipulation. That's the only way you're going to give me. Das vidanya. Lehit raot. Ciao, I'm out. And he stands up to leave. Without a penny. Without a check. And here he was practically salivating the amount that this fellow was quoting. And now he's never walking out without a penny. And he gets to the door and the man calls him back. And the man says to him, I see that you are indeed extremely, extremely private. I see that you are very careful what you say and what you say about who you say it. I see that nobody will ever know who's on that list of yours except for the people giving it out. He says, that's correct. He says, then do me a favor, he says. Put my name on your list. Apparently the rich man had lost everything. The situation was very dire. He had nothing. And therefore, he asked that he gets put on the list to receive now. All his life, all his years, he was a giver. Unfortunately, he was now in a situation that he needed to receive. But since he saw that the man was very secretive, he knew nobody would find out about it. And he also knew that maybe he'd be able to get some help that he so important, so direly needed for his family, for food, for him to eat. This is the mitzvah of giving money <coughs> for poor families to have food. This season, known as Kimcha de Pischa, money, Mois Chitim, money literally for bread, for the matzah, literally for chicken, or for even a piece of meat, for the people that literally have nothing. So anybody interested? PayPal address is YTTL770. That's Y Yeshiva Tim Chitmim Lebavich 770, YTTL770 at yahoo.com is the PayPal address for Kim Chalapiska that you're more than welcome to send in. That was not an appeal, everybody said that was just teaching a lesson of how important it is to be careful with our tongue. The Pasha says, Kisavayu el Eretz Kinan, She'en Lachem Lachuzah. As you will come into the land of Canaan that I am giving to you as an inheritance. 
Vinosati says Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Almighty says, "I will give, I will put neged tzeras bebayis eretz achuzaschem. I will put a tzeras, a leprosy, into the house." Rashi explains, "Vinosati neged tzeras. I will give it. I will put it. B'suri lahem shenegoyim bayim aleim. It's." Heads up, it's coming. It's going to be there. Why? Rashi continues. Lefishet minu amuroyim matmenies shelzov bekireis batem the Amorim, the Amorites were hiding all their treasures of gold bekireis batem in the walls of their house, the houses, their homes. Kol arboim shona forty years, the entire forty years, shahoy Yisrael b'midbar, that the Jews were in the desert. Vayidea nega, and through this nega in the wall, natates they'll break out habayis, they'll break out this piece of wall, umaitz on, and it will be found. Now, the truth is that Rashi doesn't say this on his own. Rashi takes this from the Medrash Rabba. From Vayikra Rabba. However, he alters a little bit from what we see in Vayikra Rabba. In the Medrash it says, Kivan sheshamu kinanim sheyisrael boyam aleim since the kinanim heard that the Jews were coming. Amdu ve'etminu memeinam. They stood up and they hid their money. Rashi changes this. First of all, Rashi says, not kenanim, but amarayim. Secondly, he doesn't say memeinam. Their money, he says, matmenia is their treasures. Etc. The Eretz, the land was called Eretz Canaan. So the general population, a genuine, when you say person lives in Canaan, he's a Canaani. Plural, Canaanim. Rashi, though, calls them Amorim, Amorites. Truth is, if you keep score at home, the Gemara about Metziah Chafeyam at Beis, perhaps is the source of Rashi's statement. It brings down over there when it comes to finding a lost object. Motza begal of a kesel yoshan You found something in a pile of stones or an old wall. It's yours. Shalom the finder. Vatam, what's the reason? you can say to him, to the owner of the pile of stones, or to the owner of the world, Shalom Eroyim, this came from the This, what I'm finding here in the wall, was something that Amaroyim hid years ago. Before the land was conquered. And therefore it doesn't belong to the owner of the pile of stones or the owner of the wall. 
And the Gemara there says the word Amurayim, not Kenanim. Still can't take this at, shall we call, face value. Because Rashi comes to explain Pshuta Yishel Mikra, the simplest explanation of the Pasuk. And the Pasuk says clearly, Kisavel, that it's Kinaan. When you come to the land of Kinaan, it doesn't say you come to the land of Amerim. And therefore, it's talking about the Kinaanim. If Rashi changes, therefore, the language of the Pasuk, it's no longer the actual. Explanation of the actual Pasuk by calling him Amaroyim. So, therefore, we must say that he doesn't just derive this concept from the Gemara, but rather from the Pasuk itself, because that's what he teaches. He teaches the actual, literal explanation of the Pasuk. Perhaps we can say, why Amaroyim more than Kenanim? From the explanation of the Pasuk itself before. The Pasuk says, As Amedi, he mentions the Amedi taking them out, singling them out from the dwellers of Kenan. When the guarantee of the land when Avram Avinu was told about receiving the land of Israel, it says and the fourth generation will settle here till that point sin of the Amedi will not be worth full and the Psukim after that Counts of all the ten nations that will inherit this land. A maybe being one of them. Still in all, this set time of returning to the land, the Dayravishuvahina. Unfortunately, the video is going to be missing a piece of. Again, it keeps freezing. It's known that that their sins will be complete. Shloim completion of their sins, and the time they made it to be sent from the land, and for this reason, he starts off immediately after Yitzchak Mitzrayim. They started off to hide because they knew that ultimately they would be driven out of the land. They began to hide their riches. Because they knew time will come and the children of Avram would settle here. But we still need to know what is the connection. Especially here with this Pasuk in Brisbane Absarim 
that it's mentioned Avain HaMidi the sin of the Amidim so we'll say as follows when we talk about the sin that they committed we reference the sin of the Amidi more than any other nation They should be driven out of the land. But the actual Indian of conquering Eretz Canaan, from all the dwellers that live there, there's no difference who was the dweller in, in the Eretz Canaan. Everyone had to go. It says clearly by Kriya Samsov, Namegu Kiryesh Vikanan. All these settlers in the land of Canaan, they're all got to go. And it says, They're coming up to conquer us and to drive us out. If that's the case, why does Rashi have to connect this hiding of the, in the walls with the Shalom Avena Amiri? And thereby writing, Amaroyim Dafka. Doesn't come the simple explanation of the Pasuk. Of Kol Yeshve Kanan. Who hid their riches. Who hid their money, actually, it says. He doesn't explain in this simple explanation and there are other wars Sichain and Eig etc that will ultimately come to, to, to inherit the land so rather the explanation is simple the hiding of the money was an opposite oxymoron it was a, a, an opposite of itself from one side it showed clearly the fear that they had that they're going to be driven out of their homes. On the other side, hiding it, it's not that they're giving up entirely. They still hope that they're going to turn around and get the houses back. And they get the houses back, they'll be able to reclaim their hidden treasures. Otherwise, why hide it? Take it with you. Run with it. Therefore, Rashi does not want to explain that the concept of Canaan was scared of the Jews. But this is the actual reason why they hid the money. Can't say that's the reason, actually. I'm sorry. Because they knew that they'd be driven out of the land. That's why they hid it. Ridiculous. We also can't think that maybe they hid it so the Jews shouldn't get it, which is also a svara that's mentioned. Gamli gam If I don't have it, you're not getting it. So for this reason, Rashi says, okay, why did they hide it? It wasn't because they're coming back to get it. It wasn't because they didn't forgive the Jews to get it. Why did they hide it?
So the reason is because Shalom Avain Ha'amayri. The reason that they hid their money is because the sin of the Amayri. Amirayim said to themselves, Since the merit of sitting in this holy land depends on how the people that dwell here behave, and therefore they were not sent out from the land until Shalom Aveno, they, being Amirayim, was up for grabs to be driven out because of their sin. What was their sin? <coughs> the sin that they had, they figured the Jews would fall into the same sin and be driven out as well. Amoiri, Amoiri comes from the Lushan Amoir to talk. They spoke Lushan Hara. They spoke bad about other people. They slandered. When a person can't control themselves and they continuously speak badly about other people, irrelevant whether it's true, whether it's not true, whether it's right, it's not right. Nobody has a right to speak bad about other people. And therefore... Because of the Avedis, the sins of the Emoidi, that's why they were driven out of the land. That's why they had to hide it. But they hoped, hope against hope, that the Jews would fall to the same folly. And would also, and they too would be driven out of the land. And at that point, they would maybe be able to take a returning and get back to the land. Rashmet Seda, 90 Pesukim, but we got to get off the focus, back to on the regular focus. This Shabbos is Shabbos HaGadol. Tur tells us in Shechon Aruch, the reason Kfir Shabbos HaGadol, Tfishenase, Beines, Godol, Shepesach Mitzrayim, Pesach Mitzrayim, Mikru Be'oser, Velokul Ahem, Kol Echad Sela Pesach Lepischei, Kasher I say, Bechrayim itasei, Vishalom mitzriim, Lamazan lachem, Veshivu leshechtei, Veshem Pesach bematzis. Hasam aleinu, Mitzisam aleinu, sorry, Vayishneim keyes, Shineim keyes, Ashashechtin is a lekeyen, a leyen, Vayishayin lima lehem davar. Miracle happened. The Jews on the 10th of Nisan took the sheep and they took it to their house, they tied it to their bedpost and the Egyptians came and asked what's going on here and they told them I'm taking this thing to a mitzvah the mitzvah that we were commanded and that was to slaughter this the Karim Pesach and the Mitzvah stayed quiet this is their God they served the sheep and although it was their God, they had to remain silent. And this is the miracle. The Balitesas bring down but there comes out a little bit different. That when the, Jew, when the Egyptians saw the Jews taking their Pesachim 
to slaughter them. They gathered around to kill them. Because this was their actual God. What was their fear? What did they fear? They feared the behemoths, etc. And them. They miraculously saved them. So according to this, that the nest that was done on this Shabbos, B'nai Yisrael was saved from Sakanus to Fashis, therefore, he called it Shabbos HaGadol. But the Tur does not bring down that the Mitzrayim wanted to kill the Jews, and they were saved. The Tur only brings down that they couldn't, the Egyptians had no permission to respond. If they were indeed saved from being killed, and you're not saying that, you're missing the main point. You're missing the point. So let us look a little bit more into what the Torah says. The Egyptians asked them, what's this? Heshiva, they answered, the Shachta in the Shem Pesach. We're still slowing it for the name Pesach. Mitzvah Shem Aleinu. It's a mitzvah for God on us. Why explain it? Why elaborate everything to the Egyptians? It's understood from itself that when it says it was in order to be the commandment of God. So the fact that the Torah brings down this expression that Kvias of Shabbos HaGadol is not because of the miracle that they were saved from the Egyptians, but a new, totally new entity that happened on the Shabbos, the Mitzim could not hold them back. They could not restrain them. So when the Jews stood with Mesiris Nefesh, to be Mekai in the midst of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, without thinking of the dangers or the peril that was involved, until the Mitzim said, clearly you're taking our God, and they said, we're taking it to slaughter them, because the mitzvah that we have. This caused the great miracle. And even though the Egyptians' mouths were shut on the fact they were slaughtering their gods, still in all, they had no permission to say anything. And this is why Shabbos HaGadol is established. Why does the Tur only take this? Because he holds that the miracle that saving the Jews is generalized also in the miracle of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Just like this is not established as a special commemoration, there's no spe- special commemoration on the ten plagues and the other miracles that happened to the Jews. Because each thing was its own miracle of part and parcel of going out of Egypt. And the same thing is in this case, not to have a special commemoration. The day, except for Tezvav Nissen, on the miraculous saving Savior, salvation of the Jews, the Karim Pesach and Tzitzim The Alter Rebbe writes, though, about this great miracle happens in if you keep in square at home. Sakta Shabbos Pezayin Amit Bez, 87, side 2. And he says, When the Jews took their Psachim, 
Beisah Shabbos and that Shabbos and Skabzu Bechiri Mitzrayim. The Bechiri Mitzrayim got together to Yisrael Vishalom. Lama Zehi Mason Kach, why are you doing this? Omer Lam Zavach Pesach Hulashem, it's Zavach Pesach for the Ebishter. Shiaharek Bechiri Mitzrayim is going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt. The Egyptian firstborn went running to their fathers, to Parai. And they said, get rid of the Jews, please, we don't want to die. And they refused to listen, and they started a civil war. This is how the Al-Tarebbe brings down the concept of Shabbos HaGadol. So we need to understand the Chedem. It's not so clear. <coughs> what, was, what was it all about? What we need this miracle for? fact that the Mitzrayim, Makim Mitzrayim of Chereim, and that there was a civil war amongst themselves, and the Bechereim stood up for their lives, had nothing to do with the Jews being saved from Egypt. So this is what we have to understand what it says later. Shabbos HaGadol was the beginning of the Geula and the miracles. You need to understand, it didn't start in Shabbos Agadol. There were many other miracles that took place for Shittim Saim. All the plagues and everything that Akash Baruch brought on the Egyptians. So Cheda started way back with Shoshana. When they no longer have to work. Even square at home, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Yeralph, in the beginning of Amar Aleph, talks about it. So how can you say the Shabbos HaGadol was the Ascholos? This is the beginning of the redemption and the miracles. <laughs> so much happened before this. We can perhaps say that the intention here is that the miracle of Shabbos HaGadol is considered the beginning of the Yitzhiya Bepeil in Mitzrayim, the actual leaving of Egypt. And therefore, when he says, the miracles, these are the miracles that were actually tied into Bepeil. Which means to say, how great is the ness of Shabbos HaGadol. It's not just the fact that many were killed in Egypt, but the main thing that the Bechere Mitzrayim came to scream and yell to let the Yidin go. And when it didn't work, the words didn't work, they went to battle, they went to fight for it. And because of this miracle, it's considered the beginning of the leaving of Egypt. And this has a mainstay statement it's brought down in other places for these reasons. This is a miracle that happened and brought the Jews to the Jerem Mitzrayim. You have the question itself as to why, if it was on Yud Nisandafka, why is it always the Shabbos before, and not a weekday? I'd like to turn a little bit to the Haggadah, rather, and delve into the concept of the Shirei Shabbos, what Shabbos is all about, the Shevets, the Shvisa.
So we're going to turn back rather now to the Agoda focus. Run and check in between the two doors of the Sultan. Huh? In between the two doors of the house. When you come into the house. The Simonim. Kadesh. Urchatz. Karpas. Tradition has it that it's part of actually saying the Haggadah. The mitzvah of say the Leil Pesach is to say the Haggadah. The beginning of recitation of the Haggadah. Have a cup. Is to mention the simonim of the Haggadah, of the Seder. They, those that say it in a sing song, those that just say it regular. Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, etc. To mention, to enumerate all of these Samanim first. We look back at different things that happened in Egypt. said once the story of the Al-Tarebbe he had his grandson the Samachsedek on his lap he wanted to see how sharp how smart the little boy was so he asked him in Yiddish where's grandfather and he pointed the little boy points his little finger onto his beard he says Vuzeda. so he points to his head and we got another funding rather video. She points to the body, and again he says, "Does this goof kerpe vuzeda?" Still, boy got frustrated, and he jumped off his grandfather's lap, and he went to the grandfather's study, to Al-Rebbe's study. And he hid behind the door. Well, he knew his grandfather was soon to come in. And as his grandfather entered the room, he called out, Zayda! And his grandfather turned around. And he pointed with a smile and says, There, Zayda. Now that you turned around to me, you, you are Zayda. So we look at Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. We know the Jews were in captivity. We know the Jews were captured. And then 
the miracle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. When does the miracle start? Technically speaking, the miracle begins with the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is born, and Pari is actually drowning the boys. Why? Because he was told that the sal- that the savior of the Jewish nation is going to succumb through water. So he took it to mean that he's going to drown ultimately. See, put him in water. Put all the boys into water, and this way there will never be there will never be a salvation. <laughs> the feminists don't have a good time with this story because after all, how do you know it was the boy? Maybe it was a girl. So technically speaking, the birth of Mesha was when the salvation began. But we don't hear much about the story of the birth of Mesha, except the fact that he was hidden. When does the first real story come about, the first real miracle with Mesha Rabbeinu? He filled the house with light, etc., etc., but is when Batya, Baspara, he goes down to the river, and she reaches in to bring, she reaches out to bring the baby in, and her arm stretches. Batya is not an Egyptian name. Batya is a Hebrew word, Bas Yudke, daughter of fifteen of God. So, where did she get the name? Elamai, Farshan tells us that she was going to convert. She went to convert to Judaism. And therefore, her Hebrew name was Batya. Significance of 15, Yudke, we're still going to discuss. Because when we count Kaddish, Urchatz, Kapas, Yachatz, we have 15 Simanim. And if you're counting it now, you're going to get in trouble, so don't. Mm-hmm. Wait till I explain it. But in the beginning, the first thing that we do is Kaddish. And the expression in the famous story of the Badichava, when the Tata come to him from Shul, sorry, the Altareb as well, where he had his child being taught by a Malamid, the child came home and said, Kaddish, and the Tata come to him from Shul, Father comes home from shul. He starts right away. He has to make kiddush. And the Altarebbe says, "And and." So that's all I was taught. Altarebbe was very very disturbed by this because the actual thing that the child says is kaddish. The father comes home from shul. He needs to make immediately Kiddush so the children should not fall asleep and they should ask the Manishtana. And this is actually said by the Seder.
And the first thing that's done is Kaddish. And then we do Urchatz, we wash. A little later down the line, Karpas, Yachatz, Magid, we have Rachza, we wash. But they're in different terms of command and recommendation. Urchatz and Rachza. What is actually the difference between them? Urchatz is a commandment to wash. Whereas Rachza is the actual action, washing. Something you may do. Not necessarily a commandment. What is the difference here? Urchatz is washing hands for eating a vegetable dipped in water. Keep me score at home. The Gemara Psachim Kuf Tezvov at the bottom of Amar Aleph, one fifteen, the bottom of the first side of the page. Since if a person dips a vegetable into water or a vegetable or fruit, they are made wet. One needs to eat, either totally dry the fruit or vegetable or literally wash your hands so that you're pure, the hands are pure, clean. And this washing is washing as we wash for bread. To make our hands pure. We don't necessarily wash besiduk. could wash sometimes as you're washing any other time, bathroom or whatever. But this is according to Din. You can't touch a wet vegetable without washing your hands. And therefore you have the commandment, Urchatz, you must wash. When it comes to Rachza, which is Simen, which is after the matzah, afterwards, which is washing for the matzah, that's a different story. The Din is that if you wash your hands for the fruits, for the vegetables, and you didn't, you weren't Messiah Das, it's good enough. You didn't stop thinking about what you washed, that's good enough. And you wouldn't have to wash again. However, since we take for granted that if we're saying the Agoda and the Hal and everything else, you're going to ultimately either scratch your head or whatever it might be, therefore you need to wash again. That's not the real way to do things anyway. But still in all, this is Rachza, it's a Rishos. You may do it, you should wash, you can wash. Kadesh Urchatz, the reason for these Samanim are to gather together mentioning of all the things that a person is going to have to do by the Seder, and a person needs to do with their own life. And we see that there are different nischayas to it. Before, in front of us, here we have the nusach that is brought down in the pre Chaim and the siddha of the Arizal, Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, Magidrach, Tzameitzi, Matzah, Morek, Herech, Shochanerech, Tzof, and Beirach, Beirach, and then Halal Nitzah together. There are 15 words. 
we don't count the nirza. Now many will very will not be happy with that, because many feel that the nirza is the most important part of the whole seder. I mean, how what's a seder without chadgadja? But nirza is not counted. It's not part of the aveda. It's a haftocha. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. When a person will do the, all the 15 things, then he's guaranteed milmaila shenirza, that he'll become wanted, he'll be accepted. There's a veda will be for the Evishta. Therefore, nirza doesn't have its own entity that one needs to do, like all the other samanim before that. And we find, when it comes to the Aveda, and the things that a person needs to do, there are 15 words. We said before, 15 is a misper yudke. Hashem's name. Like he explained in Sifri Kabbalah, that yudke is the bechina of Chokhmah and Bina. Which means the Chokhmah and the Bina, the knowledge and the understanding is part of the intellect, of the mind. Which is above actual nature of a person. And so too a person's service to God shows on the Veda of his mind. From here we learn out a very special lesson. How did one serves God? When it comes to the service of the Karban Pesach, it's Amuna Kabbalah The matzah is called Michle de Mimenusa, bread of belief. Matzah has no real taste to it. It's water and flour. But it shows how even though Aveda has no tam, no understanding, it's only because the person is accepting the Emuna and Kabbalah sale are two things that are tied one with the other with the service of the mind of the person mind of a matter Adirabha, they're higher than Tamadas so in that case the, the Semana of the Seder that I talk about the Aveda which is higher than Tamadas why should it be in a number and that has to do with Seichel, Yudke. It said, Nahad So this teaches us a very special lesson. One needs to think that since the Amun and the Kabbalah Seil are things that are higher than the person Seichel, higher than Tamadas, higher than reasoning, he doesn't have to save this opportunity. In Avedis Amun and Kabbalah Seil, because anyway, there are no things that are understood on its own, in the cycle of a person, and the lesson that it comes is just the opposite. The Taklas Aveda of a person is even in the concepts, in the, in the services to God, that one does not understand whatsoever Tamadas. Kabbalah's El alone. These things also we understand the cycle, which means to say that one needs to understand the cycle. How is it that it's impossible to, to grasp what he's doing? Therefore, this special way of liquidate a son, to gather together 
and to accept them all the Aveda, which is higher than Tamvidas, you know, Vasagas Shlila, that a person understands the Seichel and his Meyach, how this comes about and how this has to be brought about. And this is what the lesson we have from the Samani Leil Seder, that even though the service of Leil Pesach is Kabbalah Seil, Muna, higher than Seichel, still in all it needs to be felt. The Hasaga of Tesvav, the Meichin, a person needs to understand what he's doing, needs to believe and to accept the Kabbalah Seil Mavashamayim in a way that's higher than Tamidas. And this is how they start to say that. And that's why the first thing that's done is Kiddush. And Kiddush is done every meal. Shabbos, we do it every Shabbos. But then we start. And this is what brings about the questions. The next thing we do, we don't we don't eat bread. We don't eat challah or matzah. But rather, we dip the potato or the, the, the onion, whatever it might be, the karpas. And then we start a Seder, we start to read the Haggadah. And this, of course, brings up all the different questions by the child. And this is what we say, Ma Nishtana. This is what the child asks from the Akadosh Baruch Hu. What? What is it? How is it? What is the mission here already? How much longer are we going to spend in this Golas? May we have the answer that Avadim Hayinu Lefadim Mitzrayim, we were once slaves and we will no longer be slaves this Pesach, and we'll see the Nes Godel of this Shabbos Godel in Yerushalayim, in Akridish, and we'll bring the Znechel Shaman Azvachim and Absachim. If anybody needs to sell their Chomets, please let us know, and either via text, email, or phone call, or come in. Shabbat Shalom to all. You're, you, you're good over there? You heard us? No. All right. Okay, Atlanta.